Speaking of money bags, How can we do you know say what no? the do you know what the uh, the the uh, lottery was last night? Uh, yeah, because I did not win. We didn't get one number. We didn't get one freaking number. I got three tickets. So you played. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I was gonna play. I was gonna go throw a hundred bucks at it just to see what. Hundred bucks. Oh yeah, get fifty tickets. I mean, when the the total is one point three with a B after it, then yeah, it's worth gambling a hundred bucks just. To did see you get what any happens. numbers at all? Well, no, I forgot to go get the tickets. <laughs> So, which is good because that way I won a hundred dollars. <laughs> That's how I'm looking at that. $100. Because I've done that maybe two or three times in the past where these totals get just way over the top. And, um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy some tickets because I don't normally do that. Um, and so I go throw a hundred bucks at it. G- give me 50 of the quick picks, whatever. And I think the two times that I've done that in the past, I've compared my numbers and looked them all up. And it's like I won $4. Well, I won uh, the last time. It was it was really high on Christmas Eve as well, and really? yeah, it was it was in the billion dollar range. So you know, my family was in town, so I wanted to treat them to a billion dollars. So <laughs> I, you would have given it to your family? Well, uh, uh, some, not you. Just hand them the ticket. Who? Which one would you hand? Would you hand the ticket to Carolyn or Leon? Uh, ooh, probably my mom. Okay, I would think she would be the responsible one, whereas Leon would, might lose it. He might mm-hmm. forget where he put it. He might. He That would be. I mean, I can hear now. Carolyn, where did I put that ticket? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, but anyway, but so it got to a billion dollars again really quickly, like less than a month. It tells me that more and more people are playing the lottery, which tells me yeah. more and more people are freaking desperate. <laughs> probably. Probably. But you know what? If you don't play, you can't win. Then again, if you don't play, you kind of win because you get money. Because you don't play. That you didn't throw away from playing. <laughs> that, that is true. Okay. <laughs> so so let's let's jump in and start. So are we ready? It's Tracy and I am back again for another episode of Truth, Lies, and Cover-Ups with Super Producer Alex. How are you? Hey Tracy, I am doing just great. Thanks for having me on the show. I always love our chat discussion episodes because we have so much to cover. Is that what we're doing here? We I are. get to run my mouth. Do I? Am I allowed to speak? We get to talk. Mm-hmm. Am I, I'm allowed to speak, madam. You can speak. Okay. I think. Yeah. Mistress, I think that was it. Not madam. Today. Mistress. <laughs> Mistress. Whatever. <laughs> so, um, so we we did uh we do read our reviews on Apple Podcasts, and we got uh, a really let's... good one. Okay, let, let me just amend that. We do not do this. I By do. we, we mean Tracy. Yeah, I because do. Tracy is Tracy is is married to the reviews. She she has to read the comments underneath, and then those comments own her like you wouldn't believe. Well, I must I must respond to this. No, Tracy, no, do you, not you respond to the YouTube you comments. You Don't respond. do it. You can't respond on Apple. Um, Reviews. Thank God for that. I know, but but we got a good one. We got a good one. And this is from a Kentucky Red Man. I don't know who, who it was, but apparently they heard me speak somewhere and they tuned into the podcast. And you know what they said? What'd they say? They said, it is candy for the ears. Candy for the ears. So you're basically a Skittle that's stuck in my ear and no, I can't get it out. I'm going to go more with um, Twix. I like Twix. Huh. Okay. I'll jam a Twix in your ear. Yeah. <laughs> see how that goes. In fact, if we line one up on each side, I'll just smack you from the sides at the same time, and we'll just jam them right in. They'll touch. That would be middle. awesome. Yeah. Well, Did I ever tell you I have a fear of Q-tips? 
No. I, I do. I, I have a serious it's fear like, of Q-tips. Okay, so if, like, if you just had a Q-tip sitting next to you, what would happen? Nothing. So you have a fear of Q-tips in your ears. Yes. You're not really supposed to put them in your ears. That's literally what everyone with a Q-tip is going to do with it. There is no... no there's no other I mean, use for it. There's no... What, uh, that's not true. You can use them to clean out the uh, grease from hub bearings. But um, apart from that, literally, everybody uses a Q-tip. They stick it in their ear and they clean these things out. Uh, or they clean out the inside of their ear. And that's really what they're intended for. Except that, you know, it says on the box, don't put anything larger than your elbow in your ear or something along those lines. There's warnings but, on Q-tips? Yes, there are warnings on Q-tips that these are only for, supposed to be used on the outside of your ear. But the people at the Q-tip factory know good and well exactly how their product is being made. <laughs> and they need to insulate themselves from the liability associated with that. Do you know what the liability is? A lot, I suppose. The liability is exactly what my fear of the Q-tip is. And that is... <laughs> are you that, afraid you're going to poke your ear out? Uh, yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to poke my brain out. Oh, well. Not just my ear. That I would just keep on going right into my brain. Your brain so well, when I put a Q-tip in my ear and I'm like cleaning my ear, I, I can't have anything or anybody around me. I don't move around. I hold very, very still because I don't want to trip, fall, hit my elbow, and jab that thing right into my brain. Oh, well. Because that's literally the fear that I have when I have it. And well, so, as as would be the fear for anyone tuning into the podcast uh, that we would poke your ears out. However, in however, fact, this podcast will feel a little bit like it might, uh, a, a Q-tip in your ear mm -hmm. a little too far in. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. Kentucky Redman had a good idea, and that is giving us a great review, and we need them. So. If you like oh, us, well, thank you, KY yeah, Redman. We please it. review, and you can go a step further and buy us a coffee that helps support the show. There you go, asking for more money. I'm I just asking gave for you money. Ten dollars the other day. You should be fine. I know. That was your allowance. You don't get any more. You're gonna have to wait till next Friday. Oh well. Well, he, well. He, here's the deal. Um, we have a system set up. There's a link in the show notes. If you like the show, just just buy us a coffee. It's a little donation of five dollars or more, whatever you like, and we really, really appreciate it. It lets us know that someone's out there listening and they like us. Yeah, and in all seriousness, it does mean a lot to us. I can't explain to you the warm fuzzy that we both get when we uh, open up the account. It's like, oh look, two people bought us five dollar coffees it's just the gratification is amazing so if you do appreciate what we do and you want to help us fund it because there are some costs associated with this we'd sure appreciate your donations whatever they may be just check the show notes it's the description for the podcast on wherever you download from mm -hmm. and there should be a link right there that goes to uh, uh, what is it like tip jar or something uh buy us a coffee that's yeah, what okay. it's called. That's mm -hmm. the link. Yeah, and thanks so, in advance for both of us for that. Yeah, yeah, thanks. And you know what else is instant gratification is Christmas presents. Oh, that's right. I have one. It's over there in the, on the shelf. You better go get it. Get it off the shelf. All right, I got to take my headset off. Hang on. I got Alex a Christmas present, and he is going to open it on the air. He's gone to get it off the shelf right now. We're a little bit after Christmas as we record this, but... Um, he has stored his Christmas present specially for this episode. And Alex, I think it is time. It's time. I'm opening open it. Here it goes. Woohoo. Um, ginger beer. I, I have. Oh my God. You got me more sodas. <laughs> you're drinking one of these. I'm not. No, in what fact, kind of you're going to be drinking Alex? both of these. What kind are they? 
I have ranch dressing soda. Mm-hmm. Y'all get your fixins. <laughs> and it comes from, oh, it's from Lester's fixins. Uh-huh. And there's a little picture of Lester. Okay. Uh, it, lo- it looks like he may have been involved in a cult back in the 60s. Because, um, <laughs> well, I mean, that would explain why he's making a soda out of ranch dressing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a second soda here. It is dirt soda. Shoveled and bottled in the USA. Oh, right. Yes. Two right. outstanding flavors. This is going to taste like dirt. I okay, but there's something else. You have something else in that little there's box. more in there? Oh, look, mm-hmm. there is a little thing in there. Mm-hmm. Little thing in there. Um, Fried chicken candy. Look at that, girl. That... You done got me some fried chicken candy. Yes, sir. Fried <laughs> chicken candy. So uh, this is See how a... that just brought the Southern right out of me? Right out of you. The Southern <laughs> Georgia just popped right out. And... You are going to taste test this for our listeners because no, yeah, yep, no. Alex, because we may be no. able to get some money out of this. Just, just taste a little bit. Just taste a little bit of the fried chicken candy. Uh, it should, it should be as good as anything you've ever put in your mouth. Okay, what, what is the payoff on this? Well, I, I will tell you. All you have to do is just sample it right now, and then there may be millions and millions that we can get out of this. This feels like a setup. It's not a setup. I think you can understand my reticence to it's getting involved with your fried truth. chicken candy, girl. Hundred percent truth. Just, just it's now. This is hard candy. It's like uh, yeah, it's like hard a, to eat, is what it is. Think of like a Jolly Rancher down the hatch. Yeah, well, hard to eat. Hard to All eat. Right, you fine. got twenty of them in that little box I gave you. It okay, looks here like we a go. Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> good God. <laughs> Is it good? It literally tastes like the grease in the pan after you've pan fried fried chicken. <laughs> Yum! Oh <laughs> Lord, child, that is awful. Don't. I, I'm all right. Fine, you're eating one now. I'll eat one later. They're good God, right I got to wash that out of my mouth. With and the only things I have are ranch dressing soda. Go, go no. get a bottle opener. You got a bottle opener? <clears throat> You need I a, have a bicycle what bottle. What do they call that? And a moody with boosh. fluid. I'm going to drink that fluid. I'm going to save these two sodas at their room temperature right now. Uh, we will chill them appropriately. We will crack them open, and I'm pretty sure I'm just going to pour them all over you. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, just get, um, get, get the bottle open. Just try it. Just try it a little bit. No, I'm not doing it. No, nope. you're not. No, Come nope. on. We're going to wait. It's going to. We're we're going to. What we're going to do is we're going to chill these. And the next time we do one of these chat podcasts, you'll have one and I'll have one. <laughs> okay. And we will pop them open and drink them on the air. And I, I'm sure that we will be groveling in pain from this. But so the question is, do you want the ranch dressing or do you want the dirt soda? I want a little of both. I want a shot of both. Um, you mean like when you were a kid and, and you went to the restaurant and it was one of those restaurants where they just give you a cup and you go to the soda fountain. And you go make your own? The, yeah, and you put a little bit of each soda in there like, oh, yeah, I'm going to create a mind-blowing creation here. Nobody has ever had a soda quite like this. Yeah, ranch dressing and God, dirt. that stuff is awful. <laughs> what the, the chicken, you can't even make it to part two and three <clears throat> of your present. Now, no. Now, I can't even fair, get that. I got that taste in my mouth still. <laughs> to to be fair, I did. This There's is nothing Alex's, fair about this at all. This is nothing. This gag present. I did get him a legitimate present. Would you like to describe the legitimate present? She did. She gave me. I am so impressed with uh, with Tracy's gift giving skills. She must have gone to camp or something mm-hmm. to get better at this. But uh, because the the we, just a couple of months ago, to put this into context, we were discussing possibilities for 
Tracy's anniversary gift for her husband. Anniversary, yes. And I'm like, what, do you, what are you getting for him? And she's like, I, I got him a picture of me. <laughs> I just got new headshots. They were great. That, that's not a spillover benefit of, oh, yeah, this is an anniversary present as well. No, it doesn't work. You don't give. No. You just no. What I are did. you thinking? I gave one to my mom, too. She liked it. Okay. Well, mothers will always like pictures of you. But no, your, hus your anniversary gift to your husband is not a framed picture of yourself. Mm. I mean, if anything, do a frame picture of a lingerie model. Okay, that that's acceptable. Well, they had the boudoir pictures I could have done. I was like, nope. Mm. Okay, <laughs> that would have been all right. Now nope. you're you're back in line. That would be an acceptable present. Not a but thing. Just a, a headshot of you. No. Yeah. A picture of you in the newspaper, clipped out and put into a frame. No. No, this was an expensive headshot. Okay. Um. Well, I will take your word for it. But so I gave her a very hard time about this and. Apparently, the, the feedback set in because she knocked it out of the park on my Christmas present. Uh, she shows up over here, and I have to go out to the car and fetch three logs from her trunk. Yeah, logs, probably eight inches around and what, two and a, two, two feet tall, maybe? Yeah, these are basically, the, you know, they're, they're sized logs. to go into a, a wood-burning stove, something mm -hmm. like that, if you were mm -hmm. to split them up into pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, but they were, they were whole, and they were probably 10-inch diameter pieces. And there are three of those suckers. So I bring those out, and I put them on my picnic table out back. And, uh, and then I get to open the gift, which I pop it open, and it is a battery-powered, handheld, four-inch chainsaw. Mini. Mini which is the coolest thing ever on the planet <laughs> is to give me a chainsaw that I can run around with in my hand and carve things. That is just yeah. the coolest thing ever. So I have yet to carve anything because I've got other projects going on. And I thought you were going to carve up your wall. Well, it's also cold. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I do have to cut out some drywall today and yeah. put backer board in its mm -hmm. place. That mini saw could come in very handy. It could be good. It could be good. Now, um, uh, so the logs are so you could make me a chainsaw bear carving. Yeah, I think that's going to look a little bit like some cross between an alien and an, and an amoeba. I don't care. Yeah. Because I, I, I do have a little chainsaw bear collection. Uh, which I've I've added to that collection, I but yeah. I think if my attempt to make a chainsaw bear certainly the the first attempt, now that's going to come out looking like a mitochondria. Well, that that's why I gave you the the practice log. <laughs> the practice log. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, okay, so here's how we can finance some lessons. This is for like you. how they that's how they started every Star Trek episode, except I think that's what they did. Like before they actually rolled the cameras, they're like practice log. Start at 12, 19. <laughs> oh, that is probably true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here, here's my idea for the Christmas present that I got you. Okay. And uh, the uh, the one that you just opened but refused to use, which is the sodas. Now, there is uh, there has been a lawsuit lately. <clears throat> and let's see. It, it had to do with uh, Amanda Ramirez. Mm -hmm. And she filed a lawsuit against Velveeta, Kraft Velveeta, because uh, it she discovered that three and a half minutes, because it, it, it says on the on the label, ready in three and a half minutes. She discovered that three and a half minutes is just the length of time to complete one of several steps, according to her complaint filed in court in Florida. Okay. In addition to nuking the meal for three and a half minutes, customers also have to do the very time-consuming steps of removing the lid, adding water, and stirring in the cheese sauce. 
the complaint suggests all of this effort has affected poor Mrs. Ramirez with a case of dinner related trauma. Dinner related trauma. That is is a new one. She is unable to rely on the labeling and representations, not only of this product, but of other similar products that claim they are ready in a specific amount of time because she is unsure whether those representations are truthful. The complaint continues. So they accuse, they accuse Kraft of violating the Florida Deceptive and Unfair Trade Practices Act in a a state consumer fraud act. Uh, The company engaged in So this is not a lawsuit. This is an actual criminal charge. Is that correct? Um, It's a, uh, yeah, it's a lawsuit. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So uh, negligent misrepresentation, fraud, and misleading advertising. So here's the thing. Um, This same uh, Sheehan and Associates, they also sued Ralph Lauren over over whether the yarn in a sweater was advertised as uh, Pima cotton was sufficiently luxurious. Well, the cases in New York federal court. So uh, anyway, and I how think, are we judging the luxury of a sweater these days? Well, apparently there's some standards. And uh, the point is, we have now fried chicken, candy, uh, ranch dressing, and also dirt soda. And if we don't like it, guess what? We can uh, take take them to court. And I'm thinking millions in our pocket. I'm thinking that. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be good. Lester's Fixins. Ranch an, dressing soda, yeah. As an entity, probably has not secured enough revenue from his ranch dressing soda to make our lawsuit worth anything. I don't know. I don't, I'll, I'll say, when I bought that, it was from the bottom of my heart, and I wanted us to be millionaires. I think it was from the bottom of the barrel, is what it was. <laughs> and, um, I, I can tell you that we're not going to be millionaires off this fried chicken candy, because that tastes like freaking fried chicken. It's terrible. Oh, you don't like fried chicken? I love fried chicken, but that candy's terrible. Oh. Well, see, I think we're on our way to millions. Millions. You know, and now that I think about it, the taste of fried chicken is not really, I mean, there's not a whole lot of taste of fried chicken. You taste the grease and you taste yeah, the breading. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but otherwise it's, you know, chicken. It's mm. Well, like chicken. you know who else is on their way to millions? Who? Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Wait, uh, let me add to that. Somebody mm. won the $1.3 billion lottery last night. Oh, they did? Uh, there was one winner. Oh, it was not me. And this is January 13th, the January 13th edition, or 14th. Well, it would, yeah, the 13th was the Friday, and that was Mm -hmm. when they did the drawing for Mega Mm -hmm. Millions. It was at 1.3 billion and change. And um, yeah, there was one winner. So uh, do the math on that. So that gives you the annuity for 29 years, I think, uh, for 1.3 billion, or you can get the cash payment on that, which is going to be roughly half. What's half of 1.3? A lot. 650 million mm-hmm. so you pay your taxes you're down to maybe 350 million something like that so that's your takeaway 350 million what would you do with 350 million Tracy? me what would i do probably get a house in Vail. maybe a plane um, you may not be able to afford it i know well that's anyway. the thing i'd have to i'd have to be in the low rent district in Vail. Yeah, you would <laughs> it would be a timeshare <laughs> well uh, yeah well i'll tell you um because, because you know, you know, uh, you'd have just a little bit more money than Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Huh? Um, they're they're pretty what hot. What do they have? Well, they uh, they got that Netflix deal at a hundred million. They have the top show on Netflix at all ever. And then Harry's book 
is, I think the they biggest... got a hundred million for the Netflix show. Yeah. Uh huh. Dios mio, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. We're in and, the wrong business. Well, we are, and uh, well, maybe we're not. I'm working on some stuff in Hollywood, so maybe we're in the right business. Just got to get I it to get work. Kidnapped? When am I going to be kidnapped? Ooh, I think March. We're going to kidnap you. <laughs> we have some new films coming out in March. Little mini, little mini field while we're waiting on Hollywood to catch up to what's cool, which is us. Uh, but uh, here's the deal: I did some analysis on Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. How did that go? Body language analysis. Harry's pissed. <laughs> so yeah. which one is? Wait, which one's Harry and which one's who's the other one? Uh, well, Megan's his wife. So you okay, got Harry, okay, so, and then you got William. Uh, William is the he's so he's the balding blonde, and yeah. Harry's the redhead. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Got yeah. It. So so William will be king one day. Harry mm-hmm. is out of luck. Well, he's yeah. Well, I think he's out of the business entirely, isn't he? Well, he is. He decided he didn't didn't want to be a prince, except he does want to be a prince because I did some analysis on his uh, Anderson Cooper um, interview on sixty minutes, mm-hmm. and boy, when Anderson said, "Why don't you just quit being a prince altogether?" He you can see his jaw. He shoved his jaw forward, and it was really tight, and he kind of raised his chin up a little bit, like he like he's got some very strong feelings about being a prince and keeping it that way mm-hmm. <laughs> and so well now wait a minute were you able to interpret that he that was what he wanted was to remain a prince mm-hmm. yeah yeah he he wants to be a prince but the the paparazzi has made it really difficult on them and and i understand that however um they're also he's also trying to make Meghan markle into the princess die like because because as as because everybody loved princess die right princess diana and that was his mother, correct? That was his mom, right? But the uh-huh. paparazzi ran her into a like they caused a crash essentially. Besides mm-hmm. that, the besides that the driver was drinking. Let's not like dwell on that too much. However, um, Harry is pissed, and that's that he's telling a lot of truth. Now, Megan, however, <laughs> Megan is enjoying the heck out of this thing, and mm-hmm. she she her. She's not congruent with her body language throughout the documentary. And and that's why people have this mix. What would that mean? Well, so she was asked, how does it feel to be doing this? And she she raised her chin way up and looked at the ceiling, exposing this. uh, Your neck's a super vulnerable part. And she goes, not comfortable. Okay, so. Which is not. So when somebody exposes their neck, I would think that it that it's an expression that they are comfortable. Exactly. And okay. her words said not comfortable, which that's not what you say if you're like, if someone says, how does it feel to be doing this? If it feels awful, then that's what you say. Like, so comfortable is in her mind. And mm-hmm. she is comfortable in front of the camera. She's loving every minute of it. And, it, and so we see this discrepancy between body language and words and and the words say what's on our mind so if if i asked you don't make a picture in your mind don't think of a blue elephant your mind can't process a negative right so a lot of people are thinking of blue elephants right now right Mm -hmm. so she goes so if she says not comfortable like comfortable is on her mind that's that's what she's thinking of so this whole thing works for her besides that she's getting chased around by uh guys with cameras a lot which that granted that is a drag but the documentary 
loving it, loving it. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And so Tracy's bringing up a really interesting point uh, from from body language that's that applies to well, I mean, it applies to everybody. And we have all noticed this. We just maybe didn't recognize that we were noticing it. And that is congruency between what a person is saying or doing mm-hmm. and what they really mean or what they really believe. And what they're not so, saying. Yeah. Yeah. So to I, I'm going to take that into the political realm just because uh, I, I follow that and that's interesting to me, but that's where it seems to be most applicable uh, in a lot of ways. So those of you out there, if you've ever had a conversation with somebody or you met somebody or a salesman or something like that, and they were saying one thing to you, but you just didn't inherently believe them. You mm-hmm. kind of felt skeptical. You were reticent to buy the story they were telling you. Most likely what was going on is that their the words that they were using did not match the body language that they were representing. And the body language is where you look because the body doesn't lie. Exactly. So the the inverse of this is somebody who is absolutely congruent mm-hmm. and somebody mm-hmm. who is fully congruent where their body language fully matches what they are saying then they will come across as a true believer and they will they will make you believe exactly. they will have remarkable credibility yeah. so for example I, I i've been a fan of joe biden for uh, like a decade because he's one of those people who and i don't know that we can apply this to his time in the presidency anymore because uh i, I think all that, presidents lie well, I think age is creeping up on him, and it's probably messing with his um, uh, his presentation in that regard. Well, but it is, and he's. Uh, I saw some video. I think he's wearing an earpiece to tell him what to say, a lot. Um, so, well, I, I don't know anything about that, but what I do know is that prior to him being president, when he was in the Senate, he was very engaging to see as a speaker, and whatever he would say, and sometimes he would just say some batshit crazy stuff, like he would just run off at the mouth, but he had a congruency about him that just made you nod your head in agreement at whatever he was saying. Just like that really good salesman that we've all bumped into and they tell you this is the one you want, there is none better here, congruency. And you find yourself nodding along. They're the most convincing people versus those people that are not congruent are the ones that we feel skeptical about. So that's kind of what Tracy was getting at here. And and I've always been fascinated with the idea of congruency in body language and in communication, uh, because I think it plays such an enormous role and very few people even understand it. Well, that's true. And the reason we don't understand it is because it's kind of like cognitively is because it's built in unconsciously. And so that's that little spidey sense that, that pokes us, pokes at you and goes, wait a minute, hang on. Don't, don't believe this one. So, Speaking of liars, we got uh, Meghan Markle, but uh, what about George Santos? Let's talk about him because you're kind of a mini pundit. And did they go ahead and inaugurate him or what do they call it? It's not inaugurate, but I don't think he's been sworn in yet. Um, That that would be the job of the speaker at this point. But and so they couldn't swear anybody in because they took him four days to get a speaker. And, uh, uh, you know, some people want to come down on them about that, like it means something. I mean, big deal. So they just argued about a speaker. So what? Um, but so in this case, uh, I don't think he has been sworn in yet, but I don't think a lot of the new members have been sworn in yet. I think they put that off. Um, I may be incorrect about that because it's really just it's a ceremony is all it is. It mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. Uh, nonetheless, he has refused at this point to uh, to give up his seat, even though the New York chair of the Republican Party, which he is involved with, you know, he's mm-hmm. a Republican seat from New York, 
they're, they're saying, yeah, you need to get out. Now, most elected officials in his party are keeping their mouths shut because they just, I don't want to get in the line of fire here. So that's what they're doing. And then some of them have really opened their mouth like Marjorie Taylor Greene and said, oh, no, this is fine. <laughs> well, <laughs> okay, <something>. Marjorie, <laughs> go back to Clayton County. That's where you belong. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think anything's going to happen? Like, what's your prediction? And not that there's anything wrong with Clayton County. I spent a lot of time there. Mm. Um, so, uh, do, do my prediction is that yeah, he'll bail out. Um, oh. Now, he may, I, I think what he'll probably do is he'll hang on to his seat as long as he possibly can until he's out of the news, and that's when he'll try and quietly go. Um, but I think it's probably a matter of ego at this point. Like, yeah, okay, I screwed this thing up, but they can't make me quit. I'll do it on my own terms when they're not looking. That's what I think's happening. Now, how how did they face. find out? Because he said he worked at Citibank and a bunch of stuff. Like, he said he graduated. He never graduated from anything, I don't think. Uh, well, he didn't graduate from the the prep school or the college that he claimed, I think um, he didn't, he worked with some contractors that were affiliated with some fortune 500 companies like Goldman Sachs, Lehman brothers, I don't know whomever. Um, but big wall street guys like that. Mm -hmm. He claimed to have worked for the big wall street guys. Uh, in reality, he was working for a contractor that I think did a couple of deals with some of these wall street guys. And so okay. he was trying to parlay that into something. It wasn't, you know, let's let's face it. We've all lied on a resume. We all exaggerate some things on a resume. Yeah, sixty percent of people, and this is a study from the Society of Human Resource Management. Sixty percent of people lie on a resume or in a job interview in a material way. So I'd love to know what material way means, but I think there's a big difference between um, ex exaggerating what your accomplishments were. You know, supervise two hundred staff members for a full year of yada yada where in reality that year was nine months because it was a school year and there were 200 people but 50 of them were alternates and only 150 would regularly show up so okay <laughs> yeah that's exaggeration and it's pretty common and i've seen enough resumes god knows to have bumped into that stuff hmm. but it's different when you start outright fabricating things like um i'm the king of spain are you the king of spain now why not? Does Spain Let's have just a put king? that on my resume. I don't know. You could. They used to have a king. I don't know if they do anymore. Oh, I don't know. Uh, well, uh, you know, <laughs> um, Lauren Bur Bobert, right? <laughs> she, she's our, she's our uh, con congressional person from Western Colorado. Uh, not a fan. I'm not a fan. Uh, but she had some trouble. Do you want to fill us in on her trouble? You mean the Second Amendment Cafe? <laughs> <laughs> this I discovered this as a meme on Facebook, and I reposted it. And the meme said that I had just found out that Lauren Boebert had opened a Second Amendment Cafe. It has been closed by the health department, and now it is becoming a Mexican restaurant. And that's all <laughs> I really needed for Christmas right there. <laughs> So the story is, I actually looked into it because I thought it was it's interesting. true. Yeah. yeah. And this was somewhere way off the beaten path, like, I don't know, Salida or Leadville or something like that. Yeah, it's in one of those, it, it might, Gunnison, something like that. Yeah. Something like that. But basically, all it was, it was an existing cafe. They took over the thing, and I forget what it was called. It wasn't Second Amendment Cafe, but, um, but apparently there had been, uh, there was a, 
a mugging that happened somewhere within a few blocks of this cafe. So some of the staff asked if they could, um, uh, you know, carry weapons with them when they came to work and left work, something like that. And so somehow this thing ends up in Lauren Bobert's hands. Uh, her and her husband are trying to run the thing. And uh, and I think they were uh, trying to, they, they changed the story to, uh, yeah, there's such a crime risk around here and people, you know, with guns trying, I don't remember what they were doing, but they tried to turn it into a whole Second Amendment case where, uh, but yeah, our waiters and waitresses will be carrying guns because we are the Second Amendment Cafe and nobody's going to come in here. And They were carrying guns? Them. I didn't know that. Well, I, they never got to that point because they got a cease and desist from that county health department oh. um, for something associated with their place that they could not open. Uh, and when they did open the uh, in in defiance of the cease and desist the county pulled their uh their their license oh so uh, they opened anyway yeah Good <laughs> god yeah uh, well, well you know i mean all those pesky government regulations you know health department regulations, regulations are just getting in the way of commerce and my freedom <laughs> so we're just gonna open any you know there's a reason we tell you that you have to put a sign in the bathroom that says employees must wash their hands afterwards you know, that's those are the safety regulations. We want people washing their hands in the restaurant. And I'm sorry you don't think that's important, but the rest of us do. Well, you know, you know what she should have done? Here's what she should have done. She should have gone over to Paladin Deception Services from Minnesota. And what are they? Now, let me tell you about Paladin. Now, I called them and they would not come on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Does that happen often? (laughs) Uh, It's happened some. Yeah. And so, but, but they're on the podcast now. They don't Uh have any, any, any chance to respond. Okay. So when you need a complicated lie, hire a professional. Uh, for a fee, uh, Paladin Deception Services will lie for you. They are they primarily serve job seekers and will, according to their website, assist you in obtaining the fictitious reference, the little white lie, or the alibi that you need. Uh, gaps in your resume, lack of references, fired from a job, don't worry. They'll cover you, and they'll get you the recommendations, proof of a stronger job history, and other services what could possibly go wrong with that they actually they'll they'll give you uh phone numbers like because you know if they want to call your old boss or what have you they'll give you a phone number and they'll pick up the phone let me get this straight Mm -hmm. this is actually it's a real thing it's paladin deception services it's a bullshit service isn't it uh no no it's real no, 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 no. It, that's but that's their job. Yeah, is BS. This mm-hmm. is a service for where you purchase the BS. Uh, yes. Nowhere else on the planet can you purchase BS, or would you even want to, except with these guys? Now I'm uh, gonna. I what... think I think you can. I looked up, and there's several companies that will give you fake doctor's notes and what have you. But these guys take it to the expert level. Hmm. Yeah. I'm currently googling Paladin. Yeah, Paladin um, Deception Services. No, but I was just looking at. Okay, I thought it might have something to do, like a historical association with you know BS oh, in some way. It doesn't. Yeah. It's a trusted military leader, like for a prince or something. Oh, so yeah, nothing yeah. interesting. So there. anyway, if you need a little help, you know where to go. Well, I love that idea. So Paladin Deception Services will fill in the holes on your resume, 
and you yeah. will not end up in a George Santos situation, 100% guaranteed. Yeah. Or a Lauren Boebert situation. So, you know, problem solution. They got it handled. So um, I think we should also go over the Idaho killer situation. So you did an analysis on that. I did a little bit. And here, here's what we found. And I, I, and I got this actually uh, because we've had Peter Hyatt on the show and he does um, statement analysis and mm. he has done statement analysis uh, for deception in thousands of cases. And he's pretty much the dude. And this is what he said. Uh, he said he found this statement from someone who knew the guy who got arrested for this. And this is the statement. We have fully cooperated with law enforcement agencies in an attempt to seek the truth and promote his presumption of innocence rather than judge unknown facts and make erroneous assumptions. So this is the statement about the guy who is now accused of killing the four students at the University of Idaho. This is about him from someone who from someone him. near him. Yeah. And so, so what he's saying is that. I still presume that my guys, uh, that well, my here is Peter Hyatt says that this is clearly a situation where this person knows he did it. Why? How does he get to that conclusion? Well, he didn't say they didn't kill the four students. If it, 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 this is his statement, belief that he didn't kill the four students would be plainly stated and the priority. Okay, so I truly believe that he did not do this. That what's that's what yeah, yeah that's a there. different thing. Instead of we're cooperating, presumption of innocence. No, don't judge on unknown facts. Blah blah blah. Like that is just a smokescreen, is what that is. No kidding, that's mm -hmm. interesting. So, yeah. so actually, this statement of I assume he's innocent is a condemnation and an indictment from his friend pretty much once somebody reads between the lines that's mm -hmm. fascinating yeah yeah and that is from peter hyatt statement analysis guru so we'll see what happens wow that is crazy with that uh tracy i'm afraid we have to wrap up this chat in we got this a wrap. session because mm -hmm. i have got um projects coming up here shortly yeah you're doing your tile you need to get back to tiling well my tile is done but now i got a bring some so i'm redoing the kitchen is what i'm doing and uh and i'm already five six days in on this and i'm tired of living in a construction zone so i need to go to get to work uh, but anyway so today we move in the cabinets and put on the countertops and start uh working on that and finish the floor well you better go do that i'm gonna go do that all right we're out <laughs> <laughs>